All droids leaving the system must be cleared by customs control. Proof of ownership is required for all droid passengers. Proof of ownership? We droids are made to suffer such indignities. Now where's everybody else? Uh oh, they're coming on the monorail. But Fozzie, the monorail doesn't come through here. It does now. Welcome to Fantasmic. Tonight, our friend and host, Mickey Mouse, uses his vivid imagination to create magical imagery for all to enjoy. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled at Walt Disney Productions. Long ago in ancient Greece, there was a golden age of powerful gods and extraordinary heroes. And the greatest and strongest of all these heroes was the mighty W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host and friend, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 623. And together, this and every week, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more as we go from the parks to the screens and everything in between on the podcast, my weekly live video broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday, community, books, audio tours, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. Table for one, please, should never be something that you should ever be hesitant to say. And in fact, I think it opens up a wonderful world of opportunity, especially in Walt Disney World. And while you may be dining by yourself, you are definitely not alone, literally. And so this week, we're going to look at the best restaurants to dine solo at Walt Disney World. We'll share some of the whys, FAQs, tips, and our list of the sit-down restaurants we love to dine solo at and why. We'll look at theme, entertainment, counter seating, views, communal dining, lounges, special offerings, and more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information, updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. I'm having a me party, a party by myself. And that lyric from the song of the same name from the 2011 The Muppets movie might sound funny or scary to some people, but for me, I've always looked at that more as an invitation, more like validation for something that I have done and really enjoyed quite often, and that's dining alone. And whether it's been at an airport waiting for a flight, uh, a night in a hotel during a conference, or countless times that I was dateless in high school, college, law school. It doesn't really matter. It also, um, one of the places that I have died solo really most often is also the place that I have enjoyed it most, and that's in Walt Disney World. 
And it's true. Um, from the time that I started visiting Disney alone on research trips, in air quotes, from New Jersey going back to 2003 when I was writing my first trivia book, I would always travel and dine alone. And I loved every minute of it. Um, in fact, I still do. Don't tell my family and friends. But And you might think it's weird um, as the idea of sitting down in a restaurant by yourself might be awkward or scary or embarrassing, and it's not. In fact, it's awesome, and I'm going to explain why. But I'm going to do it with a little help from my friends who also like to dine a lot and alone in Disney. And together, we're going to share our list of the best restaurants to dine solo in Walt Disney World. And I'd like to welcome for the first time on the show, Nikki from ThemeParkHipster.com. Welcome. Hello, everybody. This is a long time coming. We've been talking about doing something together for a long time. And uh, I know you, like me, love Disney, like to go alone, and you like to dine alone, too. Absolutely. <laughs> and guess who's back? As long as I'm quoting lyrics, guess who's back? Back again, it is Amanda Bonner from DisneyTravelForAll.com. Hello, hello. Thrilled to be back and hungry, ready to talk food and solo <laughs> dining. Hey. And I made sure we're recording around dinner time just so your, you know, your hunger is at peak level. Um, and, you know, I, I, I wasn't kidding when I said that um, I, I find myself even now oftentimes having occasion to dining alone and that I'm not alone, pun intended, when I enjoy it. And and both of you, and the reason why, other than the fact that I just like you guys so much, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you both come on is because you don't, both talk a lot about solo travel on your blogs and podcasts and, and videos. And I think that there are, even if you don't necessarily travel alone, I think there are sometimes occasions when you do find yourself dining alone. And I actually think that there's a lot of appealing advantages to dining alone for well as well. So um, Nikki and then Amanda, tell me a little bit of share some of your thoughts about why a, a, you know, quote unquote table for one, please should never be something that anybody should ever be shy or embarrassed or afraid of, um, especially when you go to Walt Disney world. So give me why some of the, the, um, the appeal and advantages you think of, of dining alone at Disney? Well, just dining alone in general, I feel like it's just a place for me to kind of reset. And when you combine that with Walt Disney World, it's like, okay, this is the ultimate place to reset, especially if you've had like one of those amazing days screaming on Space Mountain. And now you're like, I have to go to this restaurant. I'm by myself. Okay, how am I going to do that? But you kind of just push through it. And when you get there, it's kind of like, okay, you get to reflect. So that's why I like to dine alone, especially at Walt Disney World. Yeah, I love that. I think for me, um, it, it's a chance just to center myself and look around at all the other people who are dining. And some <laughs> of them look really happy. Some of them don't look so happy. Maybe they've had long days that I'm just kind of enjoying and I'm in the midst of it, but I'm also maybe ch catching up on email, looking at all the photos I've taken. And then I have more interaction, I feel, with the cast members than a normal table of maybe two, four more people. Yeah, and I think, you know, just as, as a whole, um, 
you know, the idea of, of going to Disney solo for a lot of people is one that is either foreign or scary for people. Um, and I look, I think even on a, on a more broader 30,000 foot view, I think there's lots of reasons why not only is Walt Disney World a great place to go, but probably the best place to go solo, um, especially now, you know, in terms of safety and security. And I mean that in terms of overall security and, and now in, in, you know, as we're recording this, you know, still during the pandemic for, for COVID safety as well. But I think the idea of, of dining solo is one that is appealing for a lot of different reasons. Um, even if you do go with a group and sometimes you, you break off from family or break off from friends, the idea of, of dining solo, <clears throat> excuse me, and not having to worry about arguing, you know, where do you guys want to go? What time do you want to eat? Um, the ease sometimes of being able to get uh, an advanced dining reservation. And even now uh, with, with the current system, impulse dining to a certain degree is much easier because you don't have to worry about anybody else except yourself. So I think there's a lot of good reasons. But I've also, I've, you know, in, in talking about this a little bit in the past um, on shows or, or email shows, I get questions from people, as I'm sure all of you do as well. And one of the, the the questions I get a lot is, you know, I'm afraid to dine alone because I feel uncomfortable. I feel awkward. Like, what do you do? Like, what do you do other than sit on your phone? And I think it. I think you do just the opposite. I think one of the biggest tips for dining alone is not to be on your phone. Like, you need to get off your phone. And look, for some people, it's where maybe they want to bring a book. But I think at Disney, there are so many advantages and opportunities. And I think we'll talk about some of them, especially when we get to the specifics of some of the, re- <clears throat> excuse me, of some of the restaurants of enjoying the ambiance, enjoying the theming. I, I think, uh, Nikki, you mentioned the opportunity to uh, interact with cast members and sometimes interact with other guests um, as well. And, and I think, you know, people worry about not just being alone, but more importantly, being lonely. And I think there's a, there's a huge difference between going alone and being lonely. And I never have ever felt that way dining in Walt Disney World. Yes, there's definitely a difference between being alone and lonely. Lonely is something more kind of like you're dealing with something internally that somebody who may have a medical license might have to help you work through it. But when you're just alone, you choose to be alone and you're okay with being alone. Now it is sometimes always awkward. I'm not going to say it's never, you know, positive and I'm so happy to be alone, but you always push through it. And when you are alone and you're there and you're speaking to the cast members, you get to hear so many incredible stories. And if you dine alone and you choose to sit in the lounge area or at the bar, that's like gold right there. You're talking to, maybe you have a bartender or you're talking to someone sitting next to you who may also be traveling alone. You meet so many incredible people that you would never, or you probably would take a little bit longer than you would if you're with other people to actually talk to. Yeah, I completely agree. hundred percent. And you observe things just like going alone in the parks that you might normally gloss over if you're in a hurry and same with the, even what you're eating and drinking. Maybe you're taking more time and not on the phone, <laughs> putting that down and really enjoying everything part about the experience and absorbing it all. And just like you said, I've had before, as I'm looking around other servers stop and talk with me who are even, you know, my servers, because 
I, there's just something about it that really is more inviting, especially if I don't have my head down on my phone and I am looking around <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah. And I think the cast members, you know, are, are overwhelmingly wonderful when it comes to solo dining, meaning that they will oftentimes, I feel, spend more time engaging you and interacting with you. Or if they sort of get the vibe like, hey, you just want to be alone. You don't want to interact, especially if you're at, you know, primetime cafe or something. They're cool with that and they understand and they're able to sort of, I think, pick up on that very well. And there's a lot of times I think when I've gone alone, but I've never felt like I was by myself. And I think that's one of the things that we'll, we'll talk about as we get to some of the different restaurants. But before we do, do you have any tips for anybody who either for the first time or for the next time is, is looking to or thinking about dining solo in Walt Disney World? Uh, Nikki, then Amanda. Well, I always say to start with step one, and that's just in your own local city. So you may start out at a fast food restaurant where, well, it's kind of different now, but if it has the option, you could dine at your location and then you make your way up to a restaurant and you may start at the bar area at that restaurant and eventually head head over to a table. And I always say just start with baby steps. And then by the time you get to Disney, you've exercised that solo travel mus- muscle that you don't even notice it anymore. I think one of the things I was first worried about was what are all these other families on vacation going to think? And they aren't thinking anything about me sitting there dining solo. It is not an issue. So I quickly got over that. And there are also usually a lot of conventions around the Disney area. So there are a lot of convention goers who are by themselves, even a lot of locals who go, you know, by themselves. So I see more and more solo people every time I go in the parks and dining solo. So you are not alone, even though you're dining alone. There are a lot of other solo diners there too. Yeah, and I think the idea of of starting to break out of your comfort zone, and we we talked a little bit before when I when I first proposed the subject to the two of you, and I said, you know what we should do is we should eliminate counter service restaurants, and not because they're not great opportunities, but because they're easier, right? I think we're all sort of comfortable walking into a counter service restaurant, getting our food and sitting down. But there's this different feeling or perception when it comes to making an ADR and walking up to a stand and and checking in by yourself. And I think breaking out of that comfort zone is really important. I think Nikki had a great idea of sort of trying it on your own in your local town, this way you're more comfortable just doing that in Disney where it is much more it happens much more often than you might think and i think cast members are very um aware and sensitive to that uh, i think you you should also maybe think about especially maybe if it's your first time looking to dine at some of the off hours some of the quieter times right so you know the uh <laughs> the blue plate special you know going in for dinner at five o'clock at night or later on in the evening maybe when the restaurant isn't so crowded um, i think we'll talk about as because I know I have a few of them on my list, there are some places that your dinner isn't just a dinner. There's an entertainment aspect of it as well, which I think will enhance your experience. Uh, when you make your ADR, don't be afraid to make it for two because you never know. You might make a friend along the way during the day in Disney and might want to take somebody along with you. <clears throat> and finally, stay off your darn phone. 
Like I, I want to sound. I'm, I know I sound like a parent because I am, and it's something that comes out of my mouth. Look, you know, at my house, dinner time is when we are at home and at the table. You know, there's no phones at the table. You know, that's the time that. And I think to a certain degree, when you go to Disney, especially if you're by yourself, you really should try and do that too because. One, you're not only going to miss everything that's happening around you, but there are opportunities for engagement with your server, with the cast. Maybe there's entertainers there and with other people too. I think we're probably all going to be sharing um, in terms of tips or even stories of dining solo, but depending on where you are, making a friend or starting a conversation with the person or the family that's sitting at that table with you or the bar or, you know, that you might meet in the restaurant too. So staying off your phone as much as possible, I think is, is one of the biggest tips I would give you if you go solo. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, if you make a reservation for two and only one shows up, you you won't be penalized for that. Um, So sometimes that is a good way around the system to put in two versus one and see if there's any change in reservations available even. And also now usually reservations are recommended, but don't forget with one, it is sometimes very easy to walk up depending on the restaurant. So like you said, it gives you more flexibility too. Yeah, which is very nice being able to to walk up and and having availability for one. Yeah, and also I think the whole planning idea of okay, I'm going to eat at this place. That's the exciting part for me is knowing all the places I want to eat at. So I get excited. So you know, I might be a little bit nervous about traveling alone and dining alone, but knowing I'm about to eat at this particular location for some sushi makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) See, you said the magic word. That's why we're friends. All right. So let's get into, um, unless you have any other or tips or advice before we get into the actual list, um, let's get, let's start talking about some of our favorite places and what are some of the things that you consider as you are, you know, putting some of these on your list. Is it the theme? Is it the vibe? Is it the entertainment aspect? You know, what what brings these onto your list? Um, and again, let, we'll go Nikki and then Amanda, and, and then I'll chime in with my 72. For me, is the vibe, first of all. Does it feel grown, <laughs> like an adult vibe? Um, and two is, what's the noise level is it intimate? So I think about that. And also it's just, what is the setup? Do, will I feel like, okay, this is a Disney vacation. Yes, I'm doing it the right way. So those are the kind of things that I think about when I'm choosing what are the best places to eat by yourself. Yeah, I think about the atmosphere. Um, if there is not necessarily entertainment, but some kind of interaction or something different or unique for me to at least be looking at with the decor. And I'm sure we're going to get into some examples. And then of course I want good food and drinks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for me, shocker, this was a very tough sort of quote unquote list to put together because I don't think as, as I was thinking sort of and mentally visiting Walt Disney World in my mind, thinking about all the different restaurants and there are literally hundreds of options, right. To, to go to, I think any restaurant is good for dining solo. I don't think that there's any that I would necessarily exclude from going solo. 
for any particular reason. Okay, maybe maybe chef table at Victorian Alberts might be a little awkward and expensive for a me party. But hey, treat yourself. Knock yourself out. If you Absolutely. Go, right, Why not? <laughs> and if you need somebody to go with you, I, I'm, I live like five minutes away. I, I have a suit. I could be there very quickly. Um, but I think that's the beauty of it. I, I think that there's really not a lot of places that I could find that are not appropriate or welcoming to dining solo. So I'll be very curious to hear what restaurants made your list and why. So we'll sort of go in a round robin type format. And again, uh, Nikki and Amanda, and then we'll sort of share one each and, and keep going around. So Nikki, be our guest. Well, that, I'll I don't start take, with the I don't want to take one from you in most. case that was on your list. But. <laughs> well, I, I kind of gave a hint, which was the sushi. So a place that I frequently visit by myself is Morimoto Asia because it's very easy to get to. And I just go straight up to the sushi bar. <laughs> That's my place. I don't sit anywhere else, even though it's, a, it's an absolutely beautiful restaurant, but I just like sitting at the sushi bar and talking with the chefs and while they're making it, they're explaining everything. So that's why I like it. It's to me, it has been some of the best sushi, if not the best sushi, no one get mad at me on Disney property. (laughs) It is extremely good sushi and beautiful ambiance. And I haven't sat at the sushi bar, so I need to try that. I've only uh, been seated at tables, so I have to add that to my list, but I definitely need to go back and it's such good food. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I, listen, I could go on for hours about my love of sushi and and of Morimoto. Um, and we'll talk, you know, I, I will. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of, of something you brought up right off the bat, which is, you know, the counter service locations at table service restaurants. Uh, but good, Amanda, what, which is first on your list? Oh, I have, I'm going to Sanaa. I'm going to Animal Kingdom Lodge, <laughs> Kidani Village. Because I love looking out at the sunset savannah at all of the animals and you can request to sit by the window, but anywhere from in the restaurant, really, you can see the animals. And if you want to stop at the Sanaa Lounge before or after and grab a cocktail, that's always nice. Um, I love the Indian food there. It is possible to get bread service for one person. I've done it. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> and then just exploring Animal Kingdom Lodge before or after as someone by myself, it's just very, feels very just natural to walk around and take it all in and go out to the overlook and talk to the cast members who love talking about all the animals out there. So it's really combining, you know, a lot of activities with that one meal. And it's such a good meal. Sanaa was also very much on my list. Uh, And the first word that came to mind when I thought about Sanaa was, was comfortable. Um, I think it's a comfortable restaurant to dine in, whether it be solo or, or with other people. Meaning that the entire um, uh, the entire resort itself gives you a feeling like it's a it's a place to get away from it all. Um, I think Animal Kingdom Lodge is almost like a, a little mini theme park because there is so much to do there. Even if you're not necessarily a resort guest, and if you go to Sanaa and ask for a table by the window, and you've got that beautiful view of the savannah. Um, it really is, you know, there's a little bit of entertainment value, I think, that comes with your meal as well. Um, and I even think Sanaa late night bread service by yourself in the Sanaa lounge is like, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, I think that it should be on everybody's destination 
bucket list because it's that after a nice long day in the theme parks, little bread service in the lounge at that big table. That's nice. That's a nice way to end off your night. Uh, we should all, the three of us should do that one night. Absolutely. <laughs> Clearly, I'm very hungry. Um, <laughs> but Nikki, you, you brought up a point because the way I sort of ended up approaching my list was that I, I put some of these different table service restaurants into different categories or buckets as they were. And I, I did. I called it counter service locations at table service restaurant, meaning that there are a number of table service restaurants that have counters that you can that you can go up to oftentimes without needing a reservation. And I think there's there's wonderful opportunity here because at the counter, you have the opportunity to interact with and talk with the chefs. You have the for many of them, you're actually in some of these open air kitchens where you're watching the meals be prepared. Um, you're able to interact with and, and chat and meet with other diners. And, and it literally makes me think of sort of going to a diner. Like, you know, I grew up in New Jersey where diners were a thing. It's not a thing in Florida. I don't know why, but you'd go to a diner by yourself and you'd sit at the counter and you'd end up, end up chatting with other people that were there. And I think one of the things that's beautiful about sitting at the counter, um, which are often, you know, obviously very well themed and, and we'll get to some of the other restaurants that, that have this option in it. But you, because you're not facing the restaurant, you're facing the kitchen, you're facing whatever, you almost forget that there's an entire restaurant behind you. So some of that fear or discomfort that like, I need, I'm looking at all these people or they're looking at me dining by myself, that goes away. And I think you do, you sort of almost feel like your own little world, which sometimes as people who travel solo, we like that, right? We like the idea of sort of doing these things by our, by ourselves. And I think there's also a lot of advantages that come with sitting at the counter. I think that you get oftentimes a lot of attention, not just from the servers, but sometimes from the chefs as well, because they're right there in front of you. Um, you know, there's no empty seat. And what I mean by that is you are not sitting across from, you're not staring across the table at an empty chair, which sometimes I think, especially before we go, we're fearful of having that. Like we're sitting at that empty chair uh, across from us. Again, it sounds like every quote unquote date I had in high school where she never showed up for some reason, whatever. But it makes you notice less that you are alone. And again, I think having done this in the past, the cast members, the chefs um, do a, a great job really making you feel comfortable. And if you are a social person and if you want to chat with other people, usually you do have somebody on either side of you. So you can strike up a conversation because they are in the exact same position that you are, even if they're with somebody or they're with family or friends. Being able to strike up a conversation with a stranger sitting next to you is easier just by virtue of the layout. Um, and, you know, most of the restaurants that have this option are primarily a little bit more on the higher end scale. You know, when we talk about places like, um, and, I, and I'm not trying to take any of that might be on your list, but Flying Fish or, or Gico or <clears throat> Boathouse, um, they... Um, <laughs> I look at that as, again, as an opportunity because if you choose one of these restaurants that has an option, it's a great way to pamper yourself, to indulge yourself a little bit for a nicer restaurant that you might not have thought about going to solo before. So I will 
in my very long-winded way, I'm going to ride on the coattails of your counter service at a table service. Um, I have six of them on my list. I'm only going to mention one so I don't steal anybody's. Uh, and the boathouse is too easy. I'm going to leave boathouse out of the equation because you know it's my go-to, although you can sit at the bar and you can sit at the dockside bar. So um, I'm going to say Blue Zoo. I'm going to say Blue Zoo at the Dolphin. And I love the fact that you're both nodding your heads and you're smiling when I say that because pre-Boathouse, like, you know, BB, before Boathouse, Blue Zoo was my favorite restaurant in Walt Disney World and it still ranks very high. Uh, The food is exceptional there. Like you said, Amanda, unless there's a convention in town, it usually is very easy to get a reservation or even walk up there. It's got a wonderful, very chill vibe. Um, It's got a seasonal rotating menu. When the Cantonese lobster comes back, I swear to you, it will change your life forever. If not, get the miso glazed Miro. It's so good. They have a great cocktail menu. It's an open air kitchen, wonderful staff. So uh, Blue Zoo at the Dolphin is is one of my favorite restaurants, period. But I think it's a great place to go and dine solo. I actually dined solo there two weeks ago. <laughs> and when I stayed at the Swan and I made a reservation at five o'clock for 530 and I was hardly anyone was in there. I could have sat at the bar. I sat at a table, had awesome red snapper and uh, clam chowder and glass of wine and great service. I love the vibe in there with all the blues and oranges and the lighting and the glass. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that place makes you feel so sophisticated on your solo travels. You're like, yeah, I'm definitely not at Disney anymore. I'm somewhere far off. <laughs> but yeah, that place was the kind of the first place I realized that, you know, Disney is for adults. This is really nice. It's it's so modern and sleek and and the drinks, they are top notch. They are some of the best drinks that you're gonna get on Walt Disney World property. You know, I think I for some people back. too, there there are some people they don't realize that there really is exceptional dining at Disney. And that's, I don't mean exceptional dining compared to other theme parks around the world. I mean, exceptional dining period. Like some of the best meals I've ever had in my life. I've had at Walt Disney world. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. No, no question. No argument here. So, uh, all right, Nikki, what else do you have on your list? Well, when you said exceptional dining, it made me realize where I ate a few months ago <laughs> on my, one of my last few trips at Disney. It's going to come as a surprise, but it was the Liberty Tree Tavern. I had never been there. I've heard things. And so I was like, oh, there's a reservation. I'm here. Let me go check it out. I don't know if I was just very hungry that day. <laughs> it was right around Thanksgiving, but to have that whole Thanksgiving feast come to the table just for one, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and so that's <laughs> been one of my best meals at Disney. <laughs> I love it. I need to try that solo. I went with uh, my family, but to have that solo would be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't feel bad at all. (laughs) You shouldn't. Absolutely not. (laughs) Oh, it's a great one. Yes. You're basically going to get Thanksgiving dinner or feast to you and it's in all you care to eat. So if you want some more mashed potatoes, if you want some more turkey and gravy, dressing, cranberry sauce, the ooey gooey (laughs) toffee cake, I think they have cake. Um, Just ask them. They'll keep bringing it to you. And it's amazing. (laughs) 
Oh my God, you guys uh, are raw. I love you guys so much. Talk about sushi. <laughs> all you, and you start off with sushi and all you can eat food. Like clearly, you know, we need to go out and, and we need to do a live dining review together somewhere. Absolutely. Next time Amanda, next time Amanda comes to town, we're going to do a live dining review together. I think um, we're going to have quite a list to choose from. I'm sure. Right, so what, what is next on your um list of, of favorite solo places to dine and why i'm gonna stay in magic kingdom actually and i'm going to go to the skipper canteen uh i really enjoy that restaurant in adventureland of course the whole tropical vibe the tropical cuisine i know that for some people the menu is a little different but i think that there are just some delicious options not just the menu but the three different rooms they have the mess hall they have the SEA room and then they have the jungle room so it's fun to see which room you're going to be seated in or I suppose you could request one and just to you know see what all is in those different rooms sometimes the cast members are kind of in character and the jungle cruise character and really interact with you it just depends on the cast member um and it's air conditioned, always a plus <laughs> Magic Kingdom. And they have really good just entrees, a falafel appetizer, and then even a kungaloosh chocolate mm-hmm. cake dessert. Oh my gosh. It's really good. Yeah, and I think it's funny, I didn't I didn't think of Skipper Cantina. And it's funny how, you know, Magic Kingdom is not known for its uh, culinary prowess. I think Skipper Canteen has done a big do- big job in in helping to change that perception. Um, but it's funny that two of our first few restaurants are in Magic Kingdom. But I would put Skipper Canteen, which I love, by the way. I was there just a few months ago with some friends and sat in the SEA room in the back. But I think it falls into uh, another sort of category that I put some of these restaurants in. And it it, it goes beyond just the theming of a restaurant Uh, and I called it distraction dining. And what I mean by that is these are places where to your point, there is cast member interaction where they are not just friendly Walt Disney world cast members, but oftentimes they're in character. There's a bit of a theatrical um, element to that. And I think for somebody who's listening who might be fearful and says, you know, well, I I don't want to go solo because what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit there and people are going to be staring at me and they're going to notice that I'm I'm by myself. You need a distraction. And I think these places offer that distraction, not just in what you see on the walls and see in the theming, but the interactions that you are going to get from the cast members themselves. And I have a few on my list that I think fall into that that I won't say yet. I'll save them till the end so I don't steal any of yours. But one I think that very ranks very highly on that list is someplace like Primetime Cafe. Um, mm-hmm. I think Primetime Cafe is dinner and a show. It's like interactive theater without paying the extra premium for a ticketed dinner show. Uh, plus, as a uh, as a solo diner, and I don't want to sort of go off on the the lounge tangent too far, but you, if you go into TuneIn Lounge, you can uh, walk in without an ADR and still have access to the entire primetime cafe menu. You get a little bit less interaction, but if you make an ADR and you do the full primetime cafe experience, whether you go solo or whether you go with you know your real family, your extended family at that restaurant is going to give you the same wonderful, hilarious, sometimes, you know, humorously sarcastic treatment that you'll get whether you, you know, go by yourself or we're with family and friends. And I think that there is a huge 
distraction and entertainment value that comes with that too that makes you feel more comfortable, potentially less awkward, and really gives you a lot of value add for your dining dollar. It's a complete experience, really. Like you said, it's not just the meal. It's not just that the TV is on with the old-fashioned sitcoms, but even just their interaction with me and then watching their interactions with other people and watching other people's faces and how they react, especially if you can tell they've never been there before and they aren't sure what to expect. That just is the most fun to me. Yes, many, many days in that place. It's absolutely incredible and definitely a must-do if you are visiting Hollywood Studios on your solo trip because, yeah, very familiar place. (laughs) That's all I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say. All right, so Nikki, what's next on your list? Okay, so I'm going to take it to Animal Kingdom and I am going to Tiffin's because, you know, not many people talk about Tiffin's. And I was pleasantly surprised on one of my solo visits out to Animal Kingdom. Um, The restaurant is very warm and inviting. And you have a lot of displays of kind of like African animal artwork all around. And the food, incredible. So for me, I always like to bring up Tiffin's because it's not one of the ones that a lot of people talk about when it comes to some of the dining options at Disney and at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I agree. I love uh, Tiffin's and, of course, the Nomad Lounge next door. And the fact Nomad Lounge has the indoor and outdoor seating and it has the kind of the same warm vibe as Tiffin's and a great menu and I've eaten at Tiffin's solo and not solo. And there are different rooms. Again, I like the different rooms for some reason, <laughs> just more to take in, but it's, it's a terrific dining experience. I think Tiffin's is one of arguably for some people, I think the very best in park restaurant in terms of food quality that you'll find at Walt Disney world. And that speaks volumes because it's one of those places that, when you enter that restaurant, you forget that you are in a Disney theme park. Uh, it is one of those transformative experiences. And I'll I'll save one of mine for another place that I, I think that you should go. Uh, and I had this on my list in terms of Nomad Lounge. And yes, look, <laughs> and look, you know, there's a um, there's a top lounges in Walt Disney World show coming, I promise you. But <laughs> Nomad Lounge, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, is going to be on that list And it's very inviting for solo diners for a variety of reasons. For all the reasons we mentioned before, the cast members, the theming, the details, the story, but that indoor and outdoor seating. I think that the views from those oh-so-incredibly-comfortable little chairs and even some of those two-person, single-person tables that are closest to the water side – are beautiful. It's covered. There's fans blowing. You get that right kind of day or evening in Animal Kingdom when it's not Animal Kingdom hot and you've got the music of of Pandora sort of wafting over. It is a lovely, lovely meal. And they have an excellent, excellent lounge menu. We did a live dining review a couple of years ago, and I know that the menu has changed, which means I'm going to have to go back and do another dining review. But they have a tuna bowl they have their own version of bread service there which is exceptional a wonderful cocktail and wine menu too um so 
without a doubt, Nomad Lounge, and I think it's it's um, it's older brother, older sister Tiffins it mm-hmm. should definitely be one that you consider um, as well. Um, and so, all right, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll piggyback on that uh, as long as we're talking about lounges because I did have lounges as uh, another category or bucket for solo dining and and we almost could do a separate show just about lounges but because i think all the lounges are just by definition very inviting for Mm -hmm. solo diners and i am a i'm a lounge kind of guy like that's just my vibe i i dig going in there sitting down with a friend or a bunch of friends getting a lot of different appetizers and sharing and just having a very casual meal i don't need something that's very fancy and very formal you know and a a multi-course kind of meal and one of my favorite lounges in walt disney world which ticks all of the boxes for me in terms of theming cuisine comfort level is tutta gusto um in italy <laughs> I wish this was yeah. a video podcast just for your reactions alone. <laughs> Nikki's got her hands up like preach. Like I'm with you. I do. I did um we did a, a review. Uh, Becky Mankin and I did a review years ago and it was even though Becky was there, it was such a lovely experience. Oh. No, I'm kidding. It was one of my favorite reviews because it it did. I think it really captured the essence of what it's like to be able to go in there, whether it is with someone or going in there solo and it's small and it's uh, to your point, it's quiet inside because you really are very much isolated from the, uh, the, the sounds of Epcot sort of bleeding inside. It, it doesn't do that. And you feel like you're transported somewhere else and you can get one of those very small, comfortable chairs or tables like off in the corner or by the fireplace and just spend, you know, what could feel like or actually be hours in there and they have a wonderful menu of little sort of um, small plates and appetizer sized portions that are perfect for a solo diner so uh, the tutta gusto lounge and, and nomad lounge very very high on my list yes i love that place <laughs> i mean just you just brought back the memory the images of sitting on the couches right up under that fireplace and you just feel like, wow, especially when you're traveling as an adult and you kind of do Disney a little bit differently than when you were a child. Just sit there and you're like, this is my happy place. I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting if you go into Tutto Italia and it's very open and bright and large. And then you go into the Tutto Gusto wine cellar and how it's just darker, more intimate, more, you know, dark wood and the fire and all of that. And it's, just a really nice feeling. And the servers of, as always are just really warm, friendly and yeah, wonderful menu. Love it. I'm, I'm so happy that we're all in alignment on our, our thinking and our culinary tastes as well. So uh, Nikki, where are you going to go next? Um, you know, it's getting kind of tough because every place is kind of getting good, but I'm going to go a little differently. I'm going to go to the wave and I'm going to particularly go for breakfast, like a place you can stop by before you get to the magic kingdom. And one of the reasons I like the wave is just, it's just still, it kind of has a little classic Disney (laughs) resort feel inside, but the bar area feels like, you know, it's very, you know, you know, sophisticated and modern but when you go into the actual restaurant you're like hey i'm home but for breakfast one of the things they do offer 
for the adult solo traveler over 21. <laughs> you know, um, Disney terms, refillable mimosas <laughs> or adult terms, bottomless mimosas. <laughs> so, but you know, you solo trip, so you gotta, you know, kind of take it easy. But I, that's one of my reasons why I like to go there. Not often, but you know, sometimes. <laughs> I need to quick go in there when I have to drive afterwards, apparently. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that they had that there. <laughs> Oh, the wave is, a, is a personal favorite uh, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is the bao buns and the oh, cauliflower yeah. tacos and some of the many other things that we tried. And whether you go for lunch or dinner or breakfast or late night at at the um, the lounge um, where you have access to the menu as well, I think the wave is is a great choice. Especially, you know, maybe you've spent a day in Magic Kingdom and you want to just you know walk over. That, too, is, I think, another place that's often overlooked by a lot of guests who aren't staying there. And being able to walk over or monorail over from Magic Kingdom after your day and walk up to the Wave or make a reservation at the Wave for lunch, dinner, late night is a, is a really, really nice option. And exceptionally nice staff there, by the way. Um, I was there not too long ago, and a server that I had... I mean, probably more than a year ago, sort of remembered us being there and, and was, and every time I've gone in there, Amanda, you and I had breakfast, lunch there. Lunch, I, uh, because lunch. I didn't yeah, think lunch. I'd like the cauliflower tacos. And I'm so glad that you talked me into them. They were delicious. I was actually disappointed that you didn't like the cauliflower tacos because I wanted to eat them. But um, <laughs> yeah, we did. We had a, we had a wonderful meal there and it was never crowded. It's, it's no. never really crowded there. No. And it also has a great bar right yeah. next to the uh, restaurant too. Yeah, I did yeah. the way. Fiesta Fun Center, may you rest in peace, but I do <laughs> I do love the wave. Um I do want to go and I'm going to switch gears a little bit to one of the other categories that I put some of these experiences in because I think this is one that and and I I really want you guys to weigh in on this. That I think solo diners might avoid more than the others. And and I, for lack of a better word, I'll, I'll call it communal dining, meaning some of the locations that have large family-style tables like Beer Garden, uh, Teppan Edo, where you're not sitting at a table by yourself. You have to sit at a table with other people, which really might throw you out of your comfort zone. You're like, wait a minute, there's the whole family reunion. And then there's me at the end, like sitting next to grandma. That's not really the way it normally happens. But what does happen is sometimes you will be at a table with another family at beer garden, or you will be, you know, in between two different groups at uh, one of the Teppan tables at Teppanetto. And I think it's the best possible thing because if you want to sort of just do your jam and stay in your space, that's cool. But what ends up happening is you have this opportunity to meet and interact with other people at your table. And because there is a, an entertainment and a show element there, um, I think there's something that becomes very community-based. It sort of brings you all together, whether you're, you know, cheering, doing the ziggy-zaggy, ziggy-zaggy at Beer Garden or having fun at Teppanetto or even someplace like Trader Sam's if you sit at that communal table in the middle. And I think community communal tables and those type of restaurants 
is almost a secret weapon for solo travelers. It's like it's like single rider for dining because if you walk up and say, hey, I'm a me party, a party by myself, and they've got the Teppan table and there's only one spot left, guess who gets to the front of the line? This guy, that girl, <laughs> you do. So I think there's a lot of advantages to communal dining and it's something that you shouldn't be afraid of. I have done it before. I am not afraid to admit I have done beer garden by myself. I've done um, uh, uh, Tepan Edo by myself because clearly I'm a huge fan of Japanese cuisine and you can sort of turn the dial as to how much or how little you want to engage and interact um, you know, with the other people at your table. So have you guys ever ever done communal dining by yourself? Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm not sure at Disney, but I'm pretty sure it has been at somewhere because I'm always going somewhere by myself. But I will say that caution solo travelers, you may end up in a new family (laughs) while you're dying (laughs) because like Lou said, that you start to, the entertainment becomes kind of becomes like your bond and you start to talk about it. And then that leads to a type of conversation, which everyone's like, well, what are you doing here by yourself? People do this and then they're like, oh, come on, come on with us. We're going to this. And so just know that sometimes that happens with solo traveling. (laughs) (laughs) In a great way. Yeah, that's true. I I haven't done those restaurants uh, at Walt Disney World, but I definitely have done it at restaurants when I lived in New York City. Uh, But in Walt Disney World, what I have done is some of the arranged special dinners with the Food and Wine Festival. I did a great one at Flying Fish and it was a table of... 10 of us. And I was the only one there solo. And at first it was a little bit awkward, but by the end of it, you know, like six courses of food and wine later, we were best friends. So (laughs) That's how it always goes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend. All right. Go ahead, Nikki. What's next? Um, So I am going to go with, it's another restaurant at Epcot. And I'm going to go with Spice Road Table. I mostly because of the views. <laughs> I really like this place um, because I was kind of there when it first opened. And I remember when they sat me next to those almost like floor to ceiling type windows where you just overlook World Showcase Lagoon. That just has been imprinted in my mind ever since. And so that's why I always kind of go back to Spice Road Table. And it's, it's not too hard to get a reservation there. And the cast members, Cast member theirs are very, they're very, very friendly. And the food, absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are getting this, but Disney actually has great food. So, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed in this episode. They really do. Nobody's mentioned chicken nuggets or French fries or hot dogs once in this entire conversation. So not, not yet, that there's anything wrong with that, by the way. So, <laughs> Well, I'm going to go back to Disney Springs and I'm going to go to Haleo. And I, when I was looking at uh, Haleo's menu, they sometimes have different events, different happenings. You know, they used to have a sangria hour. Now they have a couple of things happening on Wednesdays. One is a tour de España. So they have four tapas plates because it's a lot of the Spanish, you know, small plates, the tapas. Four tapas for $40, which I think is a great deal. And maybe not solo, I don't know, but they have vino Wednesdays where you get to select a half-price wine bottle. <laughs> so might need a little help drinking the white bottle or not. No judgment. Um, 
they have excellent, excellent food. You can sit inside or outside. Inside is just so bright and colorful and vibrant. It's another place I've been seated at the counter. And I was watching them prepare all the foods, watching them roll around that awesome cured ham shoulder to the point that they finally stopped and gave me a slice. Thank you. (laughs) And it's just a fantastic restaurant. Love the paella, gazpacho, the flan. I need to go back. So believe it or not, uh, I have not had a full meal at Haleo yet. It is one of the few restaurants in Walt Disney World. I have not had a full meal yet. Not for any other reason than uh, I just wasn't here when it, when it opened and, then COVID and I just, if only there was somebody who would go eat with me at Haleo, I've been trying to find someone and haven't been able to. But you mentioned uh, something about, you know, wine tasting and wine pairing. And it made me think of a- an experience that I think is perfect for solo travelers. And I don't know if you guys have ever done this. And and we're, we're recording, you know, in in February 2021, and it's still a, a, um, a, a COVID experience environment but we're going to talk as if if and when this is all done because right now this experience is not currently available but i think it will be again soon but did you know that on wednesdays at animal kingdom lodge you can go to a little place called jico the cooking place and they have a wednesday afternoon 3 p.m wine tasting experience it's about 30 dollars and a sommelier will come out and pair a number of South African wines in which Walt Disney World has the largest collection of South African wines, I believe, in the world. And they pair them with all of these like savory cheeses and, and little breads. And there's it's experiential because the sommelier will take you on this culinary journey and tell stories about the wines and the cheeses. And it really, it's such a wonderful afternoon. Um, And if you feel like you just need to, you know, either Uber home or take a little nap in the lobby, you can do that as well. But it is very, very nice. And I believe it's, you know, it's around $30, $31 somewhere there. Very well worth it. A great thing to do um, for a solo diner. So, I uh, I wanted to sneak that one. I'm sneaking one in and then actually getting to the one that I was going to next because no, I like that. I like that. <laughs> have you done it? Done the Jico wine tasting? I haven't, but that's the thing about Disney is that if you go in, in onto their website at the different restaurants, they have a lot of these restaurants have special events that no one would know about. Like this one at Animal Kingdom Lodge is something that is incredible that's been on my list, but I haven't been able to get out there. But these are just some of the things they restaurants and Disney Springs, they all have little events that if you do a little bit of your research, you'll have an epic Walt Disney World vacation. I agree. And no matter how many times you go, there's always something else that you haven't done that you can uncover. And uh, we'll have to add this to our list when it comes back that the three of us will go do on a Wednesday afternoon. And then we'll just hang out in Animal Kingdom Lodge and then go to Boma or Jico at night for dinner. So just make it a, you know, Animal Kingdom kind of day. But yes, when you were talking about, um, when you're talking about going to Morocco and, and dining by the water, it made me think of the the other category that I put the solo dining experiences in and that's a room with a view and there are so many great restaurants to go to solo that have incredible views and sometimes those incredible views are 
exterior views, and sometimes some of those views are interior views as well. And I was surprised at how many restaurants I had on this list. And forgive me if I take any, but I wanted to just give a couple of different examples of what I mean. So when I say an exterior view, look, I'm a sucker for sitting by the water. So not far from Spice Road Table, I think Rose and Crown is another place that you can go and dine outside when fireworks shows and nighttime spectaculars and harmonious debuts. You time that just right, you get a little table by the water, man. That is a really, really nice experience and such an incredibly friendly staff. Um, you know, California Grill is obviously, you know, one that comes very, you know, top of mind. And same thing, there's a counter there. You can eat at the lounge there without having to make a reservation. Um, you know, I think, and again, forgive me if I'm taking any, even places like in Disney Springs, Wine Bar George is has very quickly risen to one of my favorite places to go for brunch, lunch, dinner, dinner, late night cocktails, whatever you want to call it. But you go... As a solo diner and you sit upstairs outside on that balcony and you're looking over uh, Jock Lindsay's and you can hear the music for, you know, if you, on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, you hear the live music from the waterside stage. It is a really, really lovely place to go. But then there's also places that have an interior views as well. And you're like, Mangello, what are you talking about? I'm talking about places like Coral Reef or San Angel Inn where what you see on the inside and that view that you have on the inside, whether it is of the tank or the Mayan pyramid and that little Mexican village inside really makes for a wonderful solo or, you know, more non-solo dining experience. I'm right there with you. I love a good table by the water and I, I guys are point on, on my list. I know it's not technically table services and you don't need a reservation, but it's, you know, a nice mix of like bar pool side <laughs> table <laughs> service. And so relaxing all different times of day. I love that uh, it has both seating that's covered and seating outside right by the water and that you can hear the music outside when the fireworks are playing, see the electrical um, water pageant go by and not to mention great food. I love the bison cheeseburger <laughs> and good fries, which are a must along with the cheeseburger, teriyaki chicken wings. I mean, yeah, I absolutely. Did, I think that place a lot. I had to sneak that in there. <laughs> Nikki, go ahead. Oh, no. Um, as far as the view, um, I'm not, I know this is one of your favorites, <laughs> But it's a great place. So I'm going to put the boathouse on this list because I like to go out there and sit. They have like that area where they have the little boats kind of parked out there or docked. And then they have the bar area, but they also have tables that you can sit out there. And on a great Florida day, not too windy because it does get kind of crazy out there. But on a great Florida day, it is spectacular. The views and we've out when you're out there and the sun is kind of coming down, that's when it's kind of like the magic starts. <laughs> but I mean, the boathouse, of course, the food is incredible. But when you combine that with a great view and a great atmosphere, not necessarily inside but outside, that makes for a perfect solo traveler spot to me. Oh, being out there at sunset down. is the O A T. 
Okay. I'm surprised it took this long, honestly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the dockside bar or even out on the patio at sunset are just two of my favorite places to be at Disney World sunset. Yeah. Just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, Nikki, Amanda, any, any other, you have more places on your list? I have a, a character meal. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, because you know, that was something that I've talked about before. That was always something I thought it has that to do with character meal solo. And then I was talking with somebody on, on my show and she had gone to character meal solo and she kind of expired me to try it. So Right now, there aren't as many, but there is a great character breakfast at Topolino's Terrace. So I did that solo, and I had a wonderful time. Um, it's kind of a prefixed menu, so it's $42 for adults. And then you have Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Daisy. They each have on these artistic outfits because they're celebrating the arts, and they dance around the restaurant to the celebration song, and then they each are introduced and walk around for about 15, 20 minutes and they stop in certain places and they pose for photos. And there's a lot of very uh, animated interactions, which I think they're all doing more because you can't hug them, unfortunately. So they're, they're from afar. And they also have my favorite juice, which Balma Brunch has, which is the passion fruit, orange and guava juices mixed together. They call it Riviera juice, also known as pog juice and other juices. Um, and just delicious. I had the quiche gruyere, which was terrific. Lou, even the field greens were good. So I'm going to have to <laughs> ask Jeeves what field greens are, even are. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, well, I'll save dinner if someone else wants to do that, but I had a great solo dinner there too. Don't even get me started on the rigatoni. <laughs> just my love of the rigatoni goes almost as far as my love of the boathouse. I'm Italian. My last name is in a, in a vowel. And that chicken sugo rigatoni is some of the best pasta I have ever stuffed into my face in my entire life. Grandma, I'm sorry, but it's true. It is literally to die for. Strong words. And I agree. I had it that thanks to your recommendation. <laughs> it's win-win. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nikki, what about you? Anything else left on your list? Um, I will. I will throw this one in because everyone, you know, always thinks about this place, but a classic place to go to is Le Salier at Epcot. To me, it's, it's so quaint that if you are still kind of intimidated about traveling solo, it's not a place that too many people will even notice that you're there. So, cause it's kind of, you know, a little bit dim in there. Um, it's meant to mimic kind of like a little cellar area in, ta- in Canada somewhere. So that's one of the lists that's, that's the one on my list that I think that you should definitely visit. I haven't been there in years, although, and, and, and the cheddar cheese soup gets a, a lot of the attention play. Although I do remember how good the pretzel bread was like mm. remarkably good pretzel bread, excellent yes. steaks. Delicious poutine. Oh, I have a confession. To make. <laughs> I, I, I haven't been there yet. Okay, let me, I haven't let me been add there, this to the so. list too. I know. I have never I done a live review at La Cellier. Oh, and you have to get the ice wine. It's very it's oh. a special drink for Canada and is they compress the apples like in the cold Canada winters, they compress them and they make them into these little little they're kind of like skinny depending on which brand you get. They're like skinny wine jars and they cost a lot because of how much work it takes to make them, but they're absolutely delicious. Huh. Yeah. Maybe I need 
some help and introduction into this thing that you're but now you got me thinking about poutine which is like my favorite food group on the planet and i mean yes, fries I, and gravy and cheese oh, that's my like, favorite <laughs> we, back in jersey we used to call those disco fries because that's what you, after you went to the disco at three o'clock in the morning at the root at the the diner on route nine in sayerville um amanda any others left on your list yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't go to uh, possibly my favorite restaurant in all of Walt Disney World, which is Chef Art Smith's Homecoming. Oh, and I mean, <laughs> the the comfort food alone, but then the service is just, they're so friendly. And I always have been able to walk in and get a seat at the inside bar. And I love it because it wraps around all three sides of the bar. So you are getting to see uh, I like sitting where you're facing towards the front door so I can see people walking outside, but there are also different views. If you want to sit outdoors, if you want to sit in that back area that they enclosed that used to be screened in patio and you kind of get a little more intimate vibe back there. And then the food, I mean, it's just ridiculously good. So. I love Art Smith's homecoming and I love Art Smith. I love chef Art Smith and, and everything you said about that restaurant um, definitely rings true uh, because the only thing that's better than the food is the service and homecoming is a perfectly appropriate name because they make you feel like you're at home, whether you are dining solo or, you know, after momentum, you bring in 30 of your friends and say, we need a table for 30, please. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and obviously the food is, is excellent as well. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll wrap up my list by just sort of mentioning a few of the others that I had in my different categories. So in my distraction dining entertainment ones to think of that I think are, are great for solo travelers. I mentioned Primetime Cafe, but even places like Whispering Canyon is a place you can go solo. Uh, Raglan Road with live music, whether you sit inside or outside, is wonderful. Rare Restaurant Marrakesh, when it reopens, is another one, especially if as a solo traveler, you don't, you know, you say restaurant Marrakesh to a group of people and they're like, ooh, Moroccan food? I'm not sure I'm digging that because my kid only eats chicken wings. That's a great place to sort of go on a little bit of a culinary adventure by yourself. You know, it, it's low risk because you don't have to worry about upsetting anybody else, but it's high reward because it's a wonderful environment. It's great. It's accessible food. And you get a show with it as well. And I think Sci-Fi Dine-In. I think Sci-Fi Dine-In is another fun one too, especially you get one of the picnic tables or a car to yourself and you enjoy the uh, you enjoy the little drive-in movie and, and some great food as well. In the, uh, the counter service locations, so these restaurants that have a counter that you can go and sit to, I mentioned Blue Zoo and Flying Fish. Uh, House of Blues in Disney Springs has one. Jico has one as well that you can go to. I mentioned California Grill and and also Boathouse are ones to consider. Other restaurants with a view that I think are wonderful for solo travelers would also be Raglan Road outside, sitting outside, especially when they have live music. Jock Lindsay's sitting outside overlooking the water, especially at sunset. It's just gorgeous um yak and yeti get a little table upstairs by the window you can watch uh the traffic sort of walk by outside and brown derby lounge also sitting outside at the lounge they've got um some of the high boy tables you can sit at you have access to the lounge menu and the full brown derby lounge menu so you go get that cob salad my friend but it is a really really nice thing again especially if you time it 
just at the the right time of the evening. And I think the 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 point is that any restaurant is really a, a good restaurant to go solo. I think we've we've highlighted some of our favorites and the reasons why. And if you have if you've been hesitant, especially at Disney, to go solo or dine solo, going alone you know, is not a bad thing. Um, I think, you know, we said earlier, alone does not mean lonely. I think there's opportunities there if you want it and if you open yourself up to it. I think now is the perfect time to go solo, right? I think especially now because the parks are not quite as crowded. So if, if you're, you know, more comfortable not having the parks be as crowded, I think it is a, a perfect time to go. I would certainly like to know where you our friend who's listening, where you like to dine solo or where you have dined solo. And if you haven't, what is it? What is it maybe that's preventing you from going, making that leap from room service or counter service to doing a table service restaurant in Walt Disney World? Because hopefully by hearing our and first of all, you're going to be hungry at this point. But if you've been listening, hopefully you heard from our conversation that there really is no place else that is as welcoming, I think, to solo travelers and certainly solo diners than Walt Disney World. And if you want to learn more about traveling solo to Walt Disney World, as well as other destinations, not just in the Orlando area, but just traveling solo, uh, you can go visit Nikki at themeparkhipster.com. You can find Amanda at disneytravelforall.com. And why don't you tell, in addition to your blogs and websites, uh, Nikki and Amanda, tell people where else they can find you and some of the other content that you create elsewhere. Well, you can find me on any of your favorite social media platforms, just typing Theme Park Hipster. But if you want to get some video tutorials about planning your solo vacation, then you can find me on YouTube and just type in Nikki J Theme Park Hipster. That'll all work and you'll find me there. And I have the Disney Travel for All podcast, which is available on all the different uh, podcast platforms. And I'm also Disney Travel for All on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And then we have a great community on Facebook as well. If you go to DisneyTravelForAll.com forward slash community. And I will put links to at least most of those, if not all those in the show notes at WDWRadio.com. We want to hear from you. What is your favorite place to dine solo in Walt Disney World. There's a couple of different ways you can let us know. You can be part of the community and conversation by going to www.radio.com slash community. Uh, go, wait, better yet, go to www.radio.com slash clubhouse. That will take you to our group on Facebook. I'll post that question there. You can even call the voicemail at 407-900-WDW1. That's 407-900-WDW1. And tell us, uh, share your favorite solo dining experience, maybe, with other people and let them know just how fun it is. Ladies, thank you so very much for not just the wonderful conversation, but your friendship and for making me hungry. And if I could come and pick you guys up right now, late night, where would we go to dine not so solo in Walt Disney World? Pick one place. Go. Nikki. I'm going to worry about <laughs> I haven't had it in so long. <laughs> And I think I'm going to homecoming because I haven't had it since last year, as in early last year. So, Oh, wait, better yet. I Wait, I have a better idea. Why don't I pick you guys up and we'll do like the little like crawl in Disney. As long as we're there, we'll do a little crawl in Disney Springs. 
We'll do a little Morimoto ribs and sushi. Then we'll head on a homecoming, get some biscuits and some chicken. Then we'll move over to Wine Bar George, get some of those macaroni and cheese bites. Maybe we'll go over to Jock's, get a little appetizer, and we'll end off, fall asleep at the boathouse uh, out on the dockside bar and those big comfy couches. This is the winner. That's like my Disney dream vacation. I don't need to do anything else. Dreams really do come true here at WW Radio. Nikki, Amanda, our friend who's been listening along with us. I hope you didn't listen hungry. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you. Thank you so It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in which you see, hear, taste, or remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by Sideshow Collectibles, where you can let your Disney sideshow, see what I did there, with limited edition collectible figures, statues, art prints, jewelry, replicas, a clothes and lots from the greatest purveyor of pop culture in the universe artists sculptors model makers and painters make the most intricately detailed likenesses of characters from disney marvel and star wars and other films and shows actually this past week i just got a shipment from sideshow collectibles an old 1978 battlestar galactica replica that i opened live during our show on wednesday night go check it out You can see just how detailed and intricate and amazing these little replicas are. Somebody said in all the years that they were watching the live shows, they've never seen me geek out as much as I did for my little Battlestar Galactica ship. But they have an incredible collection, including tons of Disney items that you can't find anywhere else. You can check out their Disney collection by going to wdwradio.com slash Disneyside and then browse the rest for Star Wars, Marvel, and anything else in the universe. Again, that's www.radio.com slash Disneyside. Now, before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we went over to Disney's Hollywood Studios and the Rest in Peace Great Movie Ride, and I asked you to tell me, see if you could sort of think back to riding that attraction, which I'm sure you did probably more than once, to tell me what scene came directly after the Old West scene. Now, if you think back carefully, you'll remember that we started at Footlight Parade, then Singing in the Rain, Mary Poppins, The Public Enemy, then maybe you got the live-action gangster scene, or you went right into A Fistful of Dollars with Clint Eastwood on the horse, and then The Searchers with John Wayne, and then right after the Western scene, you went into Alien. And I, for one, missed that cute gal popping out of the ceiling. No, I don't mean Sigourney Weaver. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, last week you were playing for a copy of my new Disney Interviews book, as well as my 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book, and all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom's secrets, history, fun facts, and stories. You can find all those, by the way, at www.radio.com. Plus, I'm also going to throw in a brand new WW Radio mug, not available in stores or anywhere else. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Katie Garda. So, Katie, congratulations. I have your shipping address. I will get your prize package out to right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, we're going to stay at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, but go back in time. And actually, we're going to stay 
right where we were during the live review at Kona Cafe because I want you to tell me the name of the original restaurant that occupied the location of Kona Cafe when the Polynesian opened with Walt Disney World in 1971. You have until Sunday, February 28th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and this week I'm going to send you not just the Disney Interviews book, not the 102 Ways book, not just the seven audio tours and a mug, but I'm also going to throw in a brand new, literally hot off whatever sort of press they create them, a brand new WW Radio pin I've never done before. I'm going to include that in your prize package. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Don't forget to talk about your favorite place to dine solo, counter service restaurants, of course, are okay. Come chat about the show or anything, Disney, Marvel, or Star Wars in the WW Radio Clubhouse. Be part of the community and conversation by going to www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me. I'm social. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer on an upcoming episode, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. And please join me this and every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. It's our live broadcast and chat on Facebook every week where you can be part of the show. The conversation will chat about this week's episode, my top five live, our Disney Plus pick of the week. This week, of course, we're once again talking about WandaVision. Speaking of which, I just created a brand new group on Facebook. It's the Spoiler Support Group. It is a group where you can come in, chat about anything and everything, WandaVision as well as spoilers for anything else in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe. Lots of great conversations going on. Spoiler-filled, hence the name of the group. To request access to the group, we have a lot of great, fun conversations going on there. Visit www.radio.com slash spoilers. And speaking of our groups and really our WW Radio family, I want to give huge, huge thanks to everybody who came out to our WW Radio private breakfast at the Everglazed Donut Garden in Disney Springs. You made this event the incredibly safe, fun, and delicious event I hoped it would be. Huge thanks to the staff at Everglazed and for Disney, not just for their help, but their trust in our community to do their part, to be responsible, to be safe. And make the event happen. And everything was just perfect. From the weather, the coffee, the donuts. Oh, the Ube donut. So good. But this event really helped to validate my belief that we can have events again by being smart and considerate and respectful. We all sat outside. We wore face coverings. We're physically distant. Yes, we were able to come together and share not just donuts, but laughters and smiles through our eyes and stories. And we made new memories and wonderful friendships. We had some fun giveaways and some raffles too. And more importantly, even if you weren't able to join us for this event, it does go a a long way towards being able to do more events like this in the future. So my sincerest thank you once again. This could not happen without you. And I am already working on what's next. So stay tuned. Yes, including but not limited to Marvel Day at Sea 2020. Stay tuned. We're going to have announcements coming very, very soon about that. If you're thinking about going on a Marvel Day at Sea cruise, don't book it yet because I want you to come with us. Stay tuned. Like I said, 
Listen for details on the show. More importantly, if you're a member of the clubhouse, I will definitely post information there very soon. And actually, I already started a discussion about an interest list of people who might be considering coming on a Marvel Day at Sea Cruise. So go to www.com slash clubhouse. You can find the conversation there. Huge thanks to our new and longtime members of our WW Radio Nation family. I am incredibly grateful for your love, friendship, support, and help. And I love being able to give back to you each and every month. I want to thank some new and longtime members, including Rob Forcelli, Derek Haverin, Kenneth, Eric Garcia, Beth Thompson, and Marla Chan. If you want to find out how, you can not only help the show for as little as a dollar a month, but also get exclusive rewards, including our private Facebook group, live video group calls every month, care packages from Walt Disney World, monthly scavenger hunts and trivia quests, and lots more. Visit www.radio.com support. And if you're looking to turn what you love into what you do and build your business and brand, I'd love to be able to help you with one-on-one coaching. We have one spot left for our weekly mastermind group. We're speaking to your business, conference, or event in person or virtually. You can visit loumangello.com. As always, huge thanks to my partner and sponsor, Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're looking to book your next trip to Walt Disney World or anywhere on this big, beautiful planet of ours, you can visit mousefantravel.com for the best possible prices, all available discounts, more importantly, an incredible level of personal service and attention that is their hallmark and comes at no cost to you. You can find them at mousefantravel.com. And if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word by sharing out a link to this or your favorite episode on your Facebook page or in your favorite Disney group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you are on social. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to please rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. It is incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers, including Alice P234, who's listening in the United Kingdom, says, hey, Lou, love the podcast. The UK is still in lockdown. My family and I are desperate to get back to the parks. Your podcast triggers so many amazing memories for me, and it's giving me so many ideas of things we want to try when we eventually get back to the parks. Thank you so much, Lou. DVC Master 71 says it is still solid. The guest interviews are great. Always timely information and backstories. Sometimes the episodes are a little long. That's true. But it still continues to be a top podcast. I told you I'd read these as I read them. And Joni 708 says, awesome show. Lou never fails to give us an informative and entertaining podcast. Always enjoy the special guests. And I know some of them are long, but... I always want to be incredibly thorough, and I want you to hopefully feel like you are sitting there with me and my friends, because that's what we all are. We're friends getting getting together to talk about the things that we love about Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. So, Joni, DVC Master, and Alice, thank you so very much again. Just search for WW Radio and Apple Podcasts, or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes for a direct link and information. And finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm giving you a long physically distant and incredibly safe virtual hug to show my gratitude and appreciation for you. I hope that you continue to choose the good, to find the good in everything that you do and everyone that you encounter and pay that forward to be the good to other people as well. I promise you that positivity is contagious and you not only make other people feel better, but you will as well. And again, my incredibly heartfelt gratitude for your time, for your love, for your friendship, for your support. I hope to see you in the clubhouse on Facebook. I hope to see you this Wednesday live, maybe from Walt Disney World out in the park somewhere. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, please let me know. I hope that this truly is your best week ever. So until next time, thank you. I love you. See you. Hey, Lou, it's Mark Baldwin. I'm actually one of the newer listeners to your podcast, but 
I was planning a trip to Walt Disney World, and I was looking up to see if there are any podcasts out there that would give me a little more information about how things are going right now during COVID. And your podcast has really helped me understand more about Walt Disney World as I'm cast member from the Disneyland Resort in California. I don't really know as much about Walt Disney World, but man, really loved hearing all of the great information that you have and tips and tricks uh, at Walt Disney World. And I'm actually calling from the uh, Lago Dorado at the uh, Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. And I'm staying in the Grand Destino Tower. And I remember listening to your podcast about uh, the Grand Destino Tower stay and Man, am I blown away by this resort. Um, great amenities, great lounges. I'm excited to experience the Dahlia Lounge later and also the um, Three Bridges restaurant as well. But so glad. Looking forward to this more this weekend, spending more time at the Coronado Springs Resort. Have a good one. Hi, Lou. It's uh, one of your fans, Marlisa, again. Um, I wanted to share with you that we are on... Um, we are at the uh, California Grill, and we just ordered the four-cheese pizza, romaine salad, and the spicy kazan, and it was so good. I'm sure you've done a review of this restaurant before, but all of these were excellent. Like, the, the spicy sushi was really good, and, and my mom really loved it, too. It was worth everything. So whatever I said about you that was bad, I take it all back. Thank you, Lou. Wanted to share with you what we ate. All right, bye. Hey, Lou, this is Kevin from Nino, Wisconsin. Uh, I just thought of another illusion for your park illusions from Magic Kingdom. Um, one of the neatest special effects I've ever seen was that uh, last time I saw Happily Ever After, there were these tiny, and I turned around, there's these tiny little green lights that are going up and down the shrubs and trees around the hub. They look like luminescent bugs climbing up and down, and it's as if they've uh, projection mapped the trees because the lights aren't shining on guests that are walking by. They're not on any of the buildings. They're only showing up on these bushes and trees. I think it's just the greatest little effect. It's tiny, but I think it's just spectacular. That's it for me. Thank you very much. Keep up the great work. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's me, Marlisa. We are at the parks today at Epcot. We're at the Art Festival and we stopped at Mexico, China, and now we're in Italy. And so we tried the pastor, the chile rellenos, the uh, pomegranate margarita, and then I tried the Sichuan shrimp. And then in Italy, we tried the um, donuts, and then my and then we also tried a Bellini. And oh my God, so good! The chile relleno, excellent with the margarita. Like that was. Probably my favorite so far. Just so, and the, the China one was good too, but that was my favorite. And Mama liked the Bellini. <laughs> my mom loved the Bellini. It's so good. We're just having a good day today at Epcot, enjoying the weather and everything. So thanks again for the suggestions. Bye. Bye-bye. Ciao.